This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, it's a defeat for D, but does Ibrox display provide hope? And a setback for United as they're killied in the cup. Hello and welcome to this week's Twa Teams One Street. The only podcast blah blah blah. Because I'm saving that for the end, boys. <laughs> um, this week... Oh no, I forgot to say who I was. I'm still Tom Duffy. <laughs> this week, podcasting alongside me are... Alan Temple. That might be your most slapdash intro in history, <laughs> Tom, but hello everyone. Hello, I, Tom. I, I would like to say it's slick in an alternative way. <laughs> Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And George the Boss Cran. Hello, yeah. What to explain that, George? You want to explain that? that? Yeah, I had to get the bus to the game on Saturday. It was a bit tight. Is that the budget now? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, leaving for the air game on Saturday, uh, just after one, my car wouldn't start and I was the only one home. I thought it was your wife's car. It was my wife's car, yeah. It was her fault, yeah. It's none to do with Just to explain, we live on the same (laughs) bus route and I was getting the bus to the pub. I have to be honest, <laughs> I was going out for a late lunch. And but we, we've, yeah. we've since found out that George still made it to Den's before beer. <laughs> I've got to say, at one o'clock I was actually in the pub before the bus actually left. So, uh... Well, at that point I was running up a very big hill to try and make the bus that was only in the next 10 minutes. Well, so you will still... live a mile away from the country bus yeah. stop. It's the punishment for living in the country. But I made it and it was worth it because Dundee were good. Indeed it was. And in the end... Obviously, last night, as in Wednesday, they went out the cup to Rangers, but 1-0 at Ibrox in a stoic performance, so it's not mm. been a terrible week. One that gives them a bit of hope. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'd say as unhappy as Dundee fans were last week after the two games against Cove and Arbroath, they're probably as happy in the other direction, if that makes sense. Uh, with the, t- the two games this week because they were they were deserving winners on Saturday by a fair distance and at Ibrox I mean there's there's ways to lose these types of games and you're not expected to get a result I mean Dundee haven't won there since 2001 I would say it um, and lose a goal inside 10 minutes and you, you worry you think it's going to be a long long night but they, they stuck stuck in had a shaky period and, and then started to play a wee bit and then when they got the ball knocked it about a wee bit they were, they were decent without cr- really creating a big chance that could have uh, shocked the crowd because the crowd at Ibrox weren't happy I have to say there were moans and groans throughout and there was boos at the end um, so they, the Rangers weren't great uh, considering the talent they had on the pitch they were pretty poor but that speaks to how well Dundee defended and went about the business lot of effort there was a, it was a young team that um, Gary Boyer went with he went with energy and, and they got after Rangers a bit and it wouldn't have been a surprise I would say if they had scored and taken it to extra time I don't think the home fans would have been surprised either because Rangers were pretty nervous right then Yeah but as George says there's a way to lose games and Dundee probably did that and that's to be brutal that's Maybe more than a lot of people, myself included, expected. Yeah, you always fear, fear the worst. Uh, 
you know, when you lose a goal inside 10 minutes against the Old Firm, it could really go pear-shaped, but, but credit to Dundee. Um, they look as though they've, they've, they've maybe found their way a wee bit in terms of team selection. Uh, I noticed he's stuck with the, the same, obviously, goalkeeper and, and, and back four, effectively. Um, and I think that's probably going to be the way to go now, you know, give himself a bit of solidity at the, at the back. Um, if ever there was a free hit, Tom, that was it last night. I mean, yeah. I, I know that everybody's looking and hoping, mm. you're hoping beyond hope that Dundee can maybe get through. Because at the end of the day, the best chance of winning silverware is the domestic cup competitions. Yeah. The league the league nowadays is, are beyond, I would say, every team. It's, it's a sad statement to make, but every team, and certainly, you know, when, when you're in the championship, you know, you're a mile away from anything like that. So... Um, no, and I think the fact that you know you saw you saw the way the game went. It's one nothing. It's still pretty tight. And Gary Boyer, I guess, to about sixty-five minutes, and he makes three changes. Now that's a man that's that's got a plan, and it's not a plan for really winning that game. It's a plan to try and win that game. Mm, but yeah. he is thinking about fixtures elsewhere. George, he's thinking about that's, who's coming up yeah. on Saturday. He's wanting to make sure his team is fresh for the the big challenge that Dundee have this season, mm. which is winning that championship. Let's let's make no bones about that. Dundee's only real goal this season is getting themselves out of that championship and they've started to to look like a team that can actually do that and that result last night while it was a defeat they'll take great heart from that the fact, so, yeah. the, the fact that if you're coming off and, and, and the home fans at Ibrox are booing it wasn't a win but you must have done something right to get them doing that so I think Gary Boyer will be quietly pleased he, he said that himself slightly disappointed that that maybe they haven't managed to cause an even bigger upset. But the good thing is, it sounds like they've come through it pretty much unscathed in terms of injuries. And he can, and he can take that sort of confidence from that performance last night in the, in the league on Saturday against Morton. So let's hope they can do that. Just watching from the comfort of my own, my own home, I must admit, the only disappointing aspect of what I thought was a really impressive showing from Dundee was, I thought in that last 10 minutes, I thought they would have a wee bit more of a go. And it was actually mm. a wee bit frustrating uh, to watch because... Particularly going into injury time, there was a couple of moments where... It's chuck in the box. Yeah, you know, yeah. You, uh, Dundee had brought on so many attacking players and they had a little bit of physicality up there. Rangers were lacking the physicality that Connor Goldson brings to the team. And I'm just thinking, get bodies in the box. And it was like they were trying to work it for the perfect angle for a cross, which is always going to perhaps be a bit unlikely against yeah. Rangers. And I just thought, if ever there's, there's a chance to shell it big diagonal mm. try and win the first ball if you don't win the first ball you have enough attackers on the pitch that you might win the second ball and while really impressive from Dundee and to still be in the game in the last 10 minutes is a, an achievement in itself considering there's a division between the teams I just thought ah I can only imagine how Dundee fans felt <laughs> yeah. watching it because I was thinking <laughs> watching it ah just shell it you know give them yeah, something yeah. to think about in, the, in those last couple of minutes because as George rightly says they were nervy, the crowd was nervy, mm. and you know, there might have been something there, just a wee drop, a you know, ball dropping nicely, a wee, a wee half chance, you, you just never know. Well, Gary Boyer pretty much said that after the game, he was disappointed, to be honest. I mean, yeah. most managers in that position would come out and really praise their team and, and say how well they did. He did a bit of that, but his overriding feeling that doing the post-match was that he felt his team could have done better, which is wholly positive, I, w I would say, going forward. Yeah, and the other, I mean, what are thinking about Dundee and Dundee United? So it's fair to say, although again in defeat a few weeks ago, United when they needed a wee bit of a lift, got one at Ibrox from a decent performance, albeit in defeat. So you you hope 
The same for Dundee. Mm-hmm. It's a big game on Saturday as well. Looking forward. I mean, the league is ridiculous. Uh, the championship always is, but this season it seems even worse. The top six have three points between them. I mean, I've never seen a league like that. Yeah. And Morton are one of them. So every game going forward now is, is massive for everybody, I would say. Uh, Inverness getting beat by Hamilton was a shock this week. Um, a pleasant one. Yeah. Well done to John Rankin. And, um, Commiserations to Billy Dodds. When you get to my age, you, you, you know a lot of people. They don't, yeah. they don't necessarily like that or own up to it, but you do. Uh, two people that Dundee fans don't particularly like very much, I would say. So they maybe don't agree with that. But. Some Dundee three, fans. Three if you count Tam. <laughs> well, I think I, I, I might be top of the list. But it's a far happier week, uh, I would say, this week after... Eight, I was... I was going to say, and in the end, a big boost air, one of their promotion rivals, although there's about eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they, they needed a win against somebody up near the top, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, absolutely. And it was fully deserved. I think that's even more so. I mean, if you come off at the end and, and they the, the scraped the game 2-1 and taking, taking the points, you've been happy, don't get me wrong. But it was well merited, and if I'd gone to three or four one. It wouldn't be a disservice to the way Dundee played in that game. They absolutely dominated there from start to finish, bar a ten-minute period after after Air United scored, and, and they got a bit nervy. Um, I've, I do have to say that uh, you know at half time, well, 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 Dundee were doing okay. You felt they weren't doing well enough up top. Sheridan mm. and Rudden, uh, the ball wasn't really sticking. There wasn't really any link up coming from them. And it was no surprise that he actually changed it, although he, he did say that there was injury and illness problems there, George. But what if you had to do that, it certainly worked because it looked a far more potent outfit in the second half with Zach Robinson being, being the focal point and Josh Mulligan and other runners uh, coming in. And what a terrific goal from Paul McMullen. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I'm, I'm really delighted for him, Tom, because I've, I've watched this. He's done really well for Dundee. He's done really well, but he should have had a lot more goals than he has. And a lot of the time he's been really unfortunate. Balls have hit defenders and gone past posts and hits the bar all the hit time. the bar and hit the goalkeeper yeah. and come out. But what a what a strike it was. I mean, I wasn't sure when he hit it first time. I think he might have caught the keeper out a wee bit by taking it so early. But when you see it, when you see it, I actually saw it from uh, I actually sit in the Bobby Cox stand, so I'm looking right down the park. But when you see it from the, the side angle from from the south enclosure, it was a fantastic goal. No, fantastic. Yeah. I think credit to me. I think I watched it a few times. Firstly, because it was a right good goal and you don't often see that. Mm-hmm. So, But the more I watched it, the more I thought he was aware of where the goalkeeper's starting position yeah. was. And the goal, I think one of these ones, the goalkeeper uh, made up his mind, I'll, I'll delve back into my personal archive. And I remember, <laughs> and uh, he's gone on to be a very good coach, I remember Scott Thompson losing a free kick to Joe McBride in a derby at Dens where mm-hmm. Dundee had been two down at one time and one four three, the free kick was unstoppable, went in off the post. But I know that Jim McLean, who dropped Scott after that <laughs> game in favour of Alan Main, who established himself, his his point of view on that goal was the goalie's position made up yeah. Joe McBride's mind. To put it that side. I've got to say, I remember that goal. I was a bit harsh. Goalkeepers always stick together, but I think I think there was only there was only one side that Joe McBride was yeah, going to shoot. Sure. That was McLean's point. Yeah. And I think like that, 
it ends up an unstoppable shot yeah. from Paul McMillan but what made his mind up to yeah. shoot was where the because the goalkeeper was sprinting back yeah. why he was quite so far out I'm not it's, sure I do, well, he said speaking to him after the game about the goal it, he said he'd he'd had the ball in the sim up situation just a few minutes before and passed it to Zach Rodden and he I decided, well, next time I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I don't know if that was a slight on uh, Zach Rudden, but he, he just to say, hey, I'm just going to hit this. I like to think it was based on spotting the goalkeeper's position <laughs> yeah. early. I think there was a bit of both. It was, it was an absolute screamer. Um, and it's been a few this season, actually. It's the, asked him if uh, it was better than Zach Robinson's one at the same end, mm. just a few weeks back. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't be drawn on that. I, yeah. I thought he'd be claiming that all day long because it was I mean Zach Robinson was an absolute ripper as well as a screamer but well funnily enough of course he started his career and went on I think it was under 21 caps very much as a winger mm-hmm. from following him from his debut for Dundee United one thing I've always thought about Paul McMullen he's finishing if he's in a central position is stronger than he's crossing yeah. his crossing's a mm-hmm. bit more erratic when he's out wide that's the one part of his game that I always sort of worried about but but I always liked I was never worried when he was going through the middle yeah. and had a chance to shoot he, he was excellent on Saturday P- probably best game in a Dundee shirt I'd like, I to think. See, I'd like to get the stats George and see just how much ground he covers in a game yeah. it must be he must be well up there in terms of kilometres during the game mm. because he, he goes all over the place and I've said this in the past I think sometimes he does a wee bit too much too much work off the ball, if you, if you can do that, a manager would would say, "No, you, everybody's got to work as hard as they can off yeah, the ball." Especially these days. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and wingers have to run back, but you know, he, he does seem to be all over the mm. park. But he has got a great energy levels, and uh, no, I was really, I was really chuffed for him, and uh, hopefully, he can add add a few more to that. But in terms of Dundee in general, you know, they, they did really well defensively. They, they looked solid. French and and Sweeney were. Were, were very good. Uh, Sweeney did a good job on Big Ak and Yemi um, up to the 60-minute mark. And and then, you know, Ak and Yemi's got the better of him at the byline and, and sets up sets up the goal. And then for 10 minutes, Dundee were a bit a bit shaky. And I think that's natural where they've been in games mm. and, you know, they've been, they've been criticised in the past and things get a bit tight. But fair play to them, from about 70 minutes on to them, they created two... That, that's probably... The one thing you would say that let them down had good chances to go and kill the game off, and they didn't mm. do it. And you know, you're always fearful. I think Aaron had a wee sniff that, right at the end. That was job. a good chance. That they should, and, and the guy came from a corner, yeah. and he's, he's put him yeah. over the bar on the half volley. That could have quite easily went under the bar. Mm-hmm. And it would have been, a, you know, a, it would have been robbery if they were to take anything from the game because they didn't really deserve it. But no, a good one for Dundee against one of their rivals that's up there and. You know, hopefully that we'll, we'll start to find a bit of consistency in our team selection. I, I, I love Lee Ashcroft in the team, but I do think that for him to be in the team, somebody's got to play poorly. And at this point in time, it's Sweeney and, and French that are doing well, so he might just have to bide his time in terms of that. Elsewhere, again, I said this last week, I think the better was Zach Robinson up front as, as, a, think focal, shown that, yeah. as a focal yeah. point. Josh Mulligan looks as though he's back on the boil again. He was going past players for fun last week, just needs to add a wee bit. You know, he's good at Ibrox as well. Yeah, yeah, just needs to add a, a wee bit sort of the, the finishing touch, mm-hmm. the finishing touch, the final pass sometimes. But in terms of energy, again, and Dundee, Dundee are looking good. Young Lyle Cameron, wide never gives the ball away. He's got a good, a good brain. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of plus points there. And again, someone we spoke about last week. You look at that bench time. They've got about eight or nine guys who would walk in any other team in that championship, and yeah. that is going to be massive. Mm. 
going in, going into the Christmas period when there's going to be lots of games. I heard that you know I was, I was listening. Obviously, good result for Dundee up at Inverness uh, earlier on this week with Hamilton winning. But Inverness, it was uh, Billy Dawes didn't do the aftermatch presser. It was Barry Wilson was who it? did it, and they were basically bemoaning the fact they didn't have a team because they had four or five boys out yeah. injured. Now, for me, if Dundee've got four right, or five yeah. boys out injured, you've got more than four or five boys there that can come in and fit in quite comfortably. So that's going to be Dundee's hand. That's going to be a strength in Dundee's hand going mm. forward. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to them now pushing on a bit. They're not going to win every game, but over the next sort of six or seven games, let's see where they are after that. Yeah, Alan, as George has said, it's a, it's a very, very open league, but you, you look at it, it's, it's there for someone, hopefully Dundee, to take control what a run. Yeah, and Bear makes a great point in the sense that in the fullness of time, Dundee's squad should tell. And although at the start of this season, I was firmly of the belief Dundee United, uh, sorry, Dundee should have a good enough starting eleven to start strongly and you know perhaps bust out the blocks and, and run away with the league. But you know, George and and Bear and and, and Tam George, have, who's, have who's been, left the room either to catch the bus or because he can't stand this positivity. Having, <laughs> I'm not used, not to, used to having have endured uh, you know many many more Dundee campaigns and we're maybe tempering that with listen it won't be like that and it'll be a long season and that point made about Inverness's squad that should tell over the course of a long season and even now going into winter when the games are piling up and injuries are biting and injuries, illness, suspensions, this is when Dundee should be able to, you would hope, um, kind of grasp the nettle a little bit and perhaps put a run together. And you I mean, you look at their their fixtures and, you know, Low Queen's Park are we as difficult as is Partick Thistle, you know, Morton up next is eminently winnable, you would you would think. And it's all just about momentum. It's about taking the, the positives from the last two performances and building a bit of momentum because that's what perhaps they've not done so far this season, Dundee. It's been a little bit, oh, that was a great performance and oh, that's signs of what's to come. And mm. then the next or game... that was a great 20 minutes. Yeah, or, and then the very next game, <sighs> the defence is inexplicably sloppy again and there's a few daft goals conceded and and they don't get the points so it's it's now just about building momentum and as we've said a few times in this podcast it's that is going to take a little bit of time but it's round about now that that, that should be sort of clicking and and happening and when you look at that table it's so congested but Dundee being three points off the top isn't a terrible yeah. position to be in at this stage. Well, you just have to look at Inverness. I mean, it's not that long ago where they were kind of struggling right at the bottom. They yeah. made a really poor start and suddenly they're coming up against Hamilton, the most out-of-form out team in the, in the division, I would say, at home, and they could have went three points clear. So it just tells you. I think Partick are the really interesting one for me. Of, mm. of those teams at the top <laughs> of the league, Partick are the one that I look at their side and think to myself, they could... Yeah, conceivably win the league. However, I've got a manager who yeah, knows how to get promotion. Uh, absolutely. However, even then, you look at again up at Pataudry, Kevin Holt going off injured. Now they don't have the depth to just lose yeah. Kevin Holt for a long mm. time and not feel that the way that perhaps Dundee can um, uh, make up for injuries. So uh, again, even they, I think, could feel the pinch over the course of a, a long, difficult campaign. But I must admit, I am already kind of looking towards that Thistle away game on, on November fifth and thinking. That's that. That's a big one because um, of those teams with the greatest of respect to Ayr and Inverness and and Queens Park. Th I think Partick are the one I look at and think yeah. that it could be Dundee versus them in the fullness of time for the title. 
Yeah, no, that was probably the the, the, what's it, the Premier Sports Club Cup. That was maybe the biggest surprise, is that Partick went down so tamely at Aberdeen. I mean, it was over after half an hour, they were three yeah, down. Aberdeen have, have done particularly well at home this season. Yeah. They've been scoring a lot of goals and I think they got at them early, early, early doors and, and, and got off to a good start. And You know, the game was over before it had even started almost. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sure Ian McCall will be disappointed with that start. But, you know, the bigger picture for him is also is, is the championship. And Dundee are down there in a few weeks. We'll, we'll obviously, we'll, they'll worry about that game when it comes. But Dundee have to do two. Dundee have lost four games, I think, in the league this season. Yeah. That's the only game I thought they deserved to lose because they were ve- very poor and credit to Partick. I thought they played well on opening day. I think Ian McCall did a number on them. But Dundee have got to address the balance. And the fixtures coming up, unfortunately for Dundee, they need to go to Partick. And then at the start of December, they need to go up to Inverness. And they've lost to both these teams at home. So they need to go and redress that, Tam. They need to go and, go and say, well, we've got to get those points back against somewhere. Um, so hopefully by the time that, that, that party games come, comes around, Dundee will be even closer to Partick Thistle, if not above them. So, yeah, we'll see interesting times ahead. But it's, it's a long road, but uh, Dundee, are, Dundee are moving in the right direction, I think, and, and team selection and performance. And I was going to say, George, for, for all their problems, uh, it's still relatively early. And if Dundee were to go on a run and hit the top, there is that still that psychological thing, surely, where the rest go, oh, well, we're waiting yeah. for them to come good. I think so, because going back to Paul McMullen, he actually, there's a, a little pointed remark, I think, that uh, saying if, if people are saying we've been inconsistent, then everybody else must have been too. Yeah. Which tells you how, how the league has been. Although you're the biggest name, so you, you have to take that. Exactly. It's, it's, the rest it's don't. the expectation from Dundee, but this is this is the time, as, as Alan and Bear have kind of said, this is where Dundee can can show that they have the the, the best team, the best squad in the league, because the, the, the next three are against three of the top six, as it is now. Didn't expect Morton to be up there, but it's, it's, it's going to be a tough one on Saturday. I would say Duke Gamery's done a really good job with that team. Yeah, Morton have got I me. Mean, Another man, I, Dundee I'm with fans. Alan, don't I like, think that's so. a game. It's a game I expect Dundee to win. Yeah. But Morton are actually on the yeah. same points as Dundee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw. Well, so I saw him. I was at the game at Capolo, and as usual, Dundee start the first twenty minutes absolutely brilliant. Paul McMahon has a shot. It's <laughs> understood the ball <laughs> yes. comes out. And, but then after that, it was Ixie Peaksy and, and Morton could have stole it at the end. Well, not stole it. I mean, yeah. they were actually... They had the post. They hit the yeah. side of the post and it's bounced along the line. And I think somebody's punted it clear. So, yeah, they've got one or two players you need, you need to keep an eye on. Big Robbie Muirhead is... He scored five you know, goals. Yeah, you've got to keep an eye on him. He's a dangerous player. Um, one or two others. But again, I, I saw here at Den's last Saturday and... Honestly, at half time, I thought, how are they at the top of the league? Now, mate, that, mate, that's unfair to them because they've got they're at the top because they've got the points, they've won the games, they've You've just been an honest man. Yeah. Um, but just, See what I did there, just, oh, I like that. <laughs> <Bear> than, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're there on merit, and Morton are there on merit too, but I would expect Dundee a similar, similar type performance to, to the year, and I think they'll, they'll get the points. Uh, it's a funny, uh, I think that you. you the two year that were there on Saturday are saying, you know, it could have been more, but it was still quite a reasonably comfortable win. You go back, Dundee have managed to cram everything into their first 11 <laughs> games. They've had, they've had disasters, <laughs> they've had really sort of quality battle wins that showed character, like when Arbroath came back twice when Dundee were dominating them mm. in Dens. They've had comfortable wins. 
Could we hope, is there any chance at a period of, I mean, preferably as much as a quarter of the season where they just plod along 1-0, 2-0, the odd 2-1 would be. Could, could we just have a bit of <laughs> mundane success? Well, that's the, this is the time for it. The, the, the good thing about the last couple of games is they have looked def- defensively pretty sound. The two goals they've conceded have been poor, admittedly. But yeah, it was a bit of a disaster for Kami. Yeah, he started slowly, Kami. Uh, he came on a game as it went. Scott Wright was Rangers' best player, I would say, by quite a, quite a distance in that game. And he was up against Kami. Um, another one that goes down as a traitor. I know, another XD. Um, scored some cracking goals for Dundee, to be fair. Um, but the only other chance that I can really remember, I think Scott Wright stuck one over just shortly after it went 1 0. But Morelos went through and goal. It was a good save by Legstons. But after that, Rangers didn't really create a chance. It was almost a cross that went in at the far post, but that was it. That's all that Dundee gave up. Against the air, as Bear said, that Sweeney kind of gave away the... or let Akinyemi get in, and he made the difference uh, setting up Mullen. But after that, again, it was Dundee creating chances at the other end until they almost stole stole an equaliser. But that's been their Achilles heel is letting in either soft goals or absolute screamers. Yeah. Um, which well, is another thing they've yeah. squeezed into the, the yeah. first half. There's, yeah. there's been so many been good, good goals, goals yeah. at both ends. Uh, so a few... It's uh, dense hill for thrills. <laughs> Tom Seems Dunster, okay. I mean, when he's saying, like, see, Never Dundee, that. keep it straightforward. And the way you keep it straightforward is by keeping a clean sheet at the back. Yeah. Because you're, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, you're always going to have periods in the game when the opposition have the ball and have, have a chance. You might dominate for the first 20 minutes, get one up. If you can keep the opposition out of them and you get the second goal more often than not, that's it. That'll, mm. that'll do it for Dundee. And that's what they've got to try to get into their, into their locker at this point in time. A few more clean sheets. They've got a few in there. Aye. But they need to get a few more. They need to get a few more. And the reason that, that is is because, one, it means that you know you don't don't give teams a sniff. And then when you do get the second goal, normally that, that that's good enough to win you. Well, they got that, that answer. That that that's what I've been yeah, missing. If you get that, if Dunny start racking up clean sheets and teams, you know, yeah. you're, you're in front, teams sort of, you know, they, they realise they're up against it, you know. So. Yeah, and Alan, as they say, I mean, the classic recipe for success is sort your defence first. And in that regard, I think that's one of the major things you can take from the performance at Ibrox. Mm. You know, if uh, Gary Boyer can rightly say to his team, you've managed to shackle the second best team in the country for the vast majority of the match and but for a silly error, you know, early doors would have for the full 90 minutes. So it's that's a real positive because you can tell players to defend well all you want. You can have the odd, you know, decent defensive display as, you, uh, as, you know, uh, Dundee have had this season. But um, I think when you can say, listen, look what you did against the side uh, mm. of the quality of, of Rangers, the defence should rightly, and I say defence, uh, I always think that's slightly unfair because teams don't defend as yeah. four people, they defend as a unit, and I think it will be really helpful that Gary Boyer will be able to say to um, his unit, um, look what you achieved at Ibrooks. those are the standards you've set for yourself, continue forward, because as Bear says, that's your platform to win games, and you're not going to tell me that if Dundee keep a clean sheet, they won't win the majority of their games in that division. Look at the attackers they have on the pitch. If they can keep a clean sheet, they will win games because they have players who will score goals yeah. regardless. Well, they, they, they've sorry. got... Um, sorry, I, I was counting up all the scorers on during the week. So, well, it depends if you give if you give Ryan Sweeney 
the goal or it was an own goal, but if he counts, sixteen Dundee players have scored a goal wow. this season. Wow, wow, wow! And I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm just looking here. I think it's nineteen goals, which isn't spectacular, but nobody's going to call and say, "Oh, it's a goal drought." So, in a team where they haven't found the perfect formula for up front, mm. there's a lot of hope there that they're still they're still scoring a fair amount of goals. I uh, will. I think Robinson's on five now. Cameron's on five. Rudden's on four. I mean, they're spread about. Pretty well. Um, it's, I, th I think Robinson's uh, shown in the last week or the last couple of weeks that he's probably the first choice. I think we may see him pop out again like he has done just recently because he's a very young player. This is his first full season, really, uh, at this level. He's had a lot of loan spells and things like that. I think Boyer will take it easy with him, but he looks like the, the man who's got the jersey and he's top scorer in the league, I think. Rudden maybe level them, but they do create a lot of chances. Boyer said this a few times that even when the results weren't going their way last week, that Dundee created the most chances in the league. So tells you the chances are there. They did that on Saturday. I mean, Josh Mulligan could have scored twice. Robinson probably could have added at least one more. Um, chances are there. Boys are scoring goals. It's just getting that second goal. I think it's a big thing. They did that on Saturday. They have to keep keep going with that great stuff and just to close where we started George you know there is actually a bus just before one that would give you time for a cup of tea before the game uh. right moving swiftly on from public transport disappointing outcome for United Allen obviously because they got beat but at Kilmarnock on Tuesday night and probably the right result. Yeah, it's a, a, a disappointing result in a way that some of their uh, United's defeats this season um, haven't been in the sense that there's quite a few defeats that have been, you know, woeful. You know, they've been porous, they've conceded daft goals, they've been miles off it and you've, you know, perhaps questioned work ethic or organisation. It wasn't that. But it was frustrating in the sense that I thought Kilmarnock played with more of an appreciation that they were in a quarterfinal and were 90 minutes away from a game at Hamden. Now, I know it can be lazy to say they wanted it more and I'm quite sure that there was determination and drive to get back to the National Stadium from the, the United side. But I thought Kelly's tempo was better. Um, they played on the front foot. They were proactive. They ploughed balls into the box all day long and while they didn't create a load of chances as well as the two goals they scored uh, they hit the post Lafferty had a couple of shots over the bar so I was slightly disappointed with uh, United and especially after equalising because for a second successive game after showing the wherewithal to bounce back and showing the guts to pull back from a deficit I thought, right, okay, like they did against Ross County at the weekend, although they didn't get a winner, they were the dominant force from the moment they equalised. I thought they could do the same again. No reason why they can't do the same again, but Kilmarnock were, um, as I say, uh, the dominant force without uh, throughout. And as I say, it's not, a, it's not a shellacking. It wasn't a terrible performance. It was just you left the stadium feeling... Um, 
like it was a missed opportunity. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm literally quoting the manager there because I thought he, he pretty much pinpointed it very well. It's just a feeling of it was there and we perhaps didn't grasp it uh, in the way they should have. And um, if I'm thinking that just as somebody that's reporting on the game, I know the supporters leaving Rugby Park probably uh, felt much the same way. So not a disastrous showing, not a disastrous performance, won't derail what has been a relatively positive little run for United, but it's just a wee punch in the solar plexus that that chance to get to Hamden um, is gone and maybe with a wee bit of a whimper. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, Bear, that Alan summed up there, it's not a disaster. We should, we should make that clear from the start. And right now, because they're starting to the season, the league is all important. But the League Cup comes alive, really, in the semi-finals, in, in the final. And they've given Kilmarnock the chance of that lift of being in. And Killy are a team that are currently in the same situation as United in the league. So it's, it is a missed opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, Alan's right. Alan's right. When it gets to the stage, you've got to when you get to the quarterfinals, you've got to grasp the opportunity. First of all, all right, they were drawn away from home, but against a club who had, you know, every right to think they could go down there and get get a win against Tarn. You've oh, got to take your should have beaten them on yeah, the first day of the season. Yeah, you've, you've got to take your hat off to to Kilmarnock and Derek McInnes. I've got to say, Derek McInnes has a history of taking clubs to Hamden Park. Yes. He's been pretty, you know, his, his record there maybe isn't that great, but here, he's well, been... that's because Rangers and Celtic have yes, a habit of going there as absolutely. well. absolutely. He's been there on a regular basis for years and years now, so he knows what it takes to get his team there, and, you know, he seemed to have his team more up for the game. It's, it's, I think I say, I mean, Alan was at the game, I didn't actually see the game, but he seemed, given, given what I've heard, that he's, Kilmarnock looked more up to grasp that tie than United were. And, and and so it panned out. And you're right enough, the bigger picture is going forward, Kilmarnock can now put that on the back burner, but they'll take great heart from the fact that they've got a semi-final coming up, you know, at the start of, start yeah. of the year. There's also the financial aspect as well to be, to be taken from it, mm-hmm. not, not to be sniffed against because, um, you know, um, the play against Celtic, I believe, is that is that right? Uh, is that Rangers? Sorry, I don't well, know. Draw, Kelly yes. got Celtic. Kelly yeah. got Celtic. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah. What I do know, the draw has yeah. uh, has taken the current economic situation into account <laughs> yeah, and made sure there'll be a full house full for house. both games. Yeah, a full house for both games. Premier I, Sports are delighted with I mean, that, aren't they? Yes. I, I, I'm pretty sure that they, they actually split split the gates over the both games. I'm, I'm, Maybe I thought you were going to say to split the balls in the heart so they yeah, yeah. <laughs> the snooker balls and the ping pong balls uh, yeah but I think that so they'll, they'll, they'll learn a tidy sum from that as yeah. well and that's not to be sniffed that'll give Derek McInnes clout in the January transfer window maybe go and bring in a, a player mm-hmm. or two um, but yeah and he's th- also just signed a new contract which knowing Dell he, he'll make sure as well as what's going into his bank account yeah it's going into the budget account for signing. No, absolutely, absolutely. So there's that aspect to, to, to be aware of as well. But just overall, a disappointing night for Dungeon. When they got back on level terms, I honestly believe that if there was a goal coming in that game, although I wasn't watching the game, I felt the way United had been playing, it was going to be them that were going to, I was going to be getting the goal. But it's, it's not to be, um, Liam Smith will be disappointed, but it'll be interesting to see. Now, they've got to, got to pick themselves up very quickly for what's going to be a really tough game at the weekend away to uh, St Man Stephen Robinson who was under a f- great degree of pressure at the tail end of last season at St Man seems to have turned the corner with them uh, to go back to an earlier point there's a man who gets a mu- knows how to get a mundane win well, although, the, although they did beat Celtic as well yeah I mean 
he seems to have he seems to have brought in quite a few of his old pals at Motherwell. Yep. I've got to say as well, Declan Gallagher, the, you know, the the guy that plays up front for him, like a, uh, Curtis, Curtis, Curtis Main Carson. All got results when he was doing well at Motherwell. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be a, a tough, tough game, and it's important that United get get right back on it again because the, the, you know, well they've done well, and what a two results that that were at Tannis was at Tannis recently to get the six points and pull himself right back into the pack and pull everybody else back in. They're still second, sitting second bottom in the league on goal difference time, so they can't afford to take their eye off the ball here. They've got to try and keep picking themselves up and get themselves away from the foot of the table. And games against St Mirren allow you to do that, I would say. Even though St Mirren are up there, they allow you to do that because there are tougher teams than St Mirren in this league. So yeah. United have got to show a bit of resilience. Again, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Liam Fox shuffles a pack a wee bit after a flat performance against Kilmarnock. And cause for optimism, Alan. Tony Watt, a player who likes a streak, mm -hmm. is on one of his goal streaks. Yeah, absolutely. And he's playing very well um, in attack. He's playing more centrally. He's spoken quite openly about how the managers basically said to him, if you're not scoring goals, you're not in the team, which is a very different um, a different view to his role that the previous managers had. So, And he seems I to be... I find that slightly surprising because one of the things that sort of took me aback a wee bit when he came up here at the turn of the year is he, he contributes a lot more than just goals doesn't no, he? No absolutely and to be fair he is still contributing a lot more than goals I think um, when when Tony spoke about being told score goals to stay in the team I think he I don't think he was suggesting that he needs to score every game or he'll get dropped I think it was more speaking colloquially and in terms of I want you to be my number nine and get in the box and create mm -hmm. chances but he is still linking up well he's working very hard in the final third and it's a big compliment that he's keeping Stephen Fletcher out of the team just at the moment. Stephen Fletcher's been fit for the last two games and is a, a super number nine with loads of experience. And um, it will be interesting to put it this way, it'll be very interesting to see how how the team um, shapes up going forward because I think there's an argument that could be made for making a few changes because it has been a very tiring run. And in the first half against County and in the first half against Kilmarnock, I thought United looked a little flat, a little leggy. So there are there's scope to make changes there. And I wonder if Stephen Fletcher could be one of those, in which case maybe Tony Watt does go to back more of a support role or perhaps Tony keeps his place in the team. There's also Charlie Mulgrew knocking on the door. So there's um, there are changes that can be made there. You've, of course, got Arnaud Jume, you know, there kind of with a, with an option as a... Uh, to keep his place that he, he gained against Kilmarnock, but seemed to last. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well so too. I mean, you look at the squad, and I wrote earlier this week. You know, they had they had 117 caps on the bench in Dingwall. It's preposterous, you know, for for a, for a club like United. So there's loads of options there, and it's about Liam Fox uh, finding the right mix and getting the right response up at St Mirren. But to, to build on something, Bear said like. It is one of those games that you look at on paper and think, yeah, St Mirren away, I fancy that, but that's dangerous in itself because St Mirren's home record, they've only lost one at home this season and they've beat and Celtic. It's a place where you're have had some unhappy experiences of course, a lot, in games that they thought they were going to win. Yeah, of course. Although I would say, you know, their most recent experience was, a, a you know, a, a, one of the most memorable in recent times, that last minute Mark McNulty winner last season. That was a, a, a fantastic memory for those you fans. You can remember the war, but you can't remember <laughs> what you had for breakfast. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, so it's a really tough place to go and... God, that sounds like a horrible cliche when I say that. But to be fair, I have just backed no, 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 that up. Cliche. I have just, uh, I think it's applicable this time. Um, and 
Um, it's also dangerous in the sense that it's one of these games that fans will probably go, oh, we should be beating St Mirren when you look at the league table and you look at their home form and that is no easy feat at all. So um, big test ahead for Dundee United, big test ahead for, for Liam Fox to find a way to make sure that that resurgence and that, um, you know, the energy and the organisation um, is kept up for what is um, a fourth game in the space of a, a fortnight and... Um, so many of them have been uh, on their own. That would be, would be a f- given the midweek game. It would be you know more than that if you take it a little bit longer. So um, needs to keep it fresh. Needs to keep it positive. And um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a big test. I would say. Yeah, it's the other positive guys that even after a defeat, we're talking about players individually who are on form, who are Glenn Middleton, I believe looking stronger and stronger with each game. The goalkeeper seems to have stamped his authority as well. There was a complete absence of that in the final days at, at Jack Ross. And that's always encouraging. If you've if you've got players that are playing well, it stands to reason your chances of winning games are improved. Yeah, and Clyde Middleton was really good, especially um, in Dingwall. Um, he, he was speaking after the match about how you know, Stevie Crawford in particular has been uh, coaching him specifically and just it always amazes me when players say something like this, but just reminding him about what he's good at and reinforcing the basics. And I think that's quite a good insight into a lot of footballers and uh, and football in general is it's such a, there are so many tactical instructions, there's so much to think about in terms of systems that sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees and I think maybe things have just been simplified a little bit for Glenn Middleton by the, the coaching team and they're making it clear, listen, for all the responsibilities you will have without possession, for all the the shape considerations you have to have, see when you get the ball, see when you square up a player run at them, you know, look to do something adventurous and impactful in the final third. And you could see that was his first thought every time he got the ball um, against Ross County. And I really like the emerging rapport that he's got with Aziz Behic on the left. Um, They seem to have quite a good understanding when um, Middleton steps inside, Behic overlaps. There's decent, um, uh, you know, defensive considerations by both of them. So I think there's some real promise there. And his assist for Tony Watt was excellent. He was unlucky not to... Uh, score up at County and then did finally get his goal against Kilmarnock um, so um, he is one of these players that with the best will in the world can sometimes just make you want to bang your head against the wall because the talent is so evidently there, he is a he is a boy with real talent, you don't play in the Champions League for Rangers at 18 years old and score at that mm-hmm. level unless you are a talented player um, so I'm actually, I'm actually, I've promoted him there. I think it was actually the Europa League, but my my point stands regarding. I think it was a goal against Spartak Moscow. So he was playing at a well, very put it on his Wikipedia page, <laughs> and it'll become a fact. <laughs> so it's, um, but either way, you know, very high level uh, at such a young age. So the the talent is there. He's won a Scottish Cup. You know, he's he's done a hell of a lot, and you just want consistency. You just see, see, you know, these flashes that we see. Can we see it every week? And I know that's such a tough ask for any player, um, but. If we can get a bit of momentum from Glenn Middleton, then he is somebody that could um, justify the the outlay and, and the faith that the United showed in in signing him. And yeah, a, a, another bright spark. There's a lot to be improved on uh, still this week, and the manager recognises that. But there are at least these positives that, um, like you know, like we were talking about with Dundee earlier, the things that a manager can pinpoint and say, yeah. yes, we're doing that well. This is going well. We'll fix the things that aren't working, but you know, make sure you keep doing these things that are going well, and that can breed a sense of positivity. But 
that positivity all um, ultimately hinges on results, so they need to keep those coming as well. Yeah, and when I was listing the players in form there, it was remiss of me not to mention a man you subsequently mentioned, Behic. He seemed, he's the, we've touched on it before, he can become a cult figure, but he seems <laughs> to have a bubbly enthusiasm when he's on the park that has to be good for the team. Absolutely. He's also, and he's a decent player. He's also a very good footballer. Yeah, yeah I should point that out. You know, he's... Um, he is so much more comfortable in this shape than he was at, uh, in a back four that it's it's remarkable and a real goal threat. It's a little bit quiet against Kilmarnock, which I can kind of understand because he's playing every minute and he's f- pivotal to their um, attacking and defensive efforts in every single game now. Um, so I can kind of understand that it was maybe quite at the levels against Kelly that he was in the previous games, but really good player, will undoubtedly go to the World Cup and... Um, is starting to show the pedigree that um, is illustrated by the fact that he's about to go to his second World Cup. Um, so um, exciting um, prospect as he continues to to kick on. And um, yeah, he's really come on it again. Particularly if you think he, he missed the start of the season, he was, he was available. And maybe this goes for all of them. Was, was part of the, going back to the Kelly game as well. Was part of the thing at Kilmarnock. It's, it's, you forget. Okay, it's of their own doing, but it's been a stressful few weeks mentally. There's maybe a bit of fatigue there just now. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, uh, there's no doubt that you require a bit of mental strength, um, and they've shown that in terms of turning around results. But yeah, of course, there's there's mental fatigue. There's you know physical fatigue, and it has been a hell of a run of, of big games and they stepped up to big occasions to be fair Aberdeen, Hibs, the pressure on those games were absolutely huge given where they were in the league, you look at them now even having still got those results they're still joint bottom of the league in terms of points, so imagine if they hadn't got those results, you know, that's yeah. the pressure that they were under, so um, there's been a mental strength in that so whether it was a physical fatigue, whether it was a mental fatigue, whether it was just an off night or whether it was just Derek McInnes nailing his tactics as well as his motivation. You know, I thought it was really smart playing Lafferty and Christian Deutsch up front, two big, huge physical strikers. And you'd maybe look at that team and say, oh, well, there's not a lot of pace up there. But he's, McInnes was bright enough to see that United were playing with Ryan Edwards as the only specialised centre half in the team um, with two wing backs either side. So put two big giant strikers up there. Ryan Edwards can't mark them both. So it's, you know, that was smart as well. So all these things uh, come together and uh, to, to what was ultimately a, a disappointing result at Kilmarnock. But um, overall, you know, you take it on par and you would say it's, it's still been an okay little period for Dundee United. Yeah, definitely. I'm just, to digress, I'm just thinking, is the boy Graham Arnold still the Australian manager? I'm, I'm saying Bezic, it's been a... a Testing time for him, he's been thrown in at a new club, experienced player, okay, but a lot of games. There's, there's five more to go before the World Cup. If I was a World Cup manager, hmm. I wouldn't want a player in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think every every sort of country that's going to the World Cup will have that issue, Tarmans. All these players are coming in off the back of their own domestic football and, and, and European sort of Champions League and Europa League games, and just, you know. The World Cup might actually give them a breather for some of them, um, I've, I've got to say. But you're right, there's five games to go for Dungeon United and I've no no reason to doubt this because George has, George has done the list. But just looking at that, I mean, over the next five games, Dungeon United have only got, got one at home. Um, 
so that is, is St Mirren away, Motherwell at home, Celtic away, Kilmarnock away, and then Aberdeen away. That is a tough, tough run coming up, and you know they're going to have to be on it to pick up, pick up points. And as we've as, as we've talked about, that you know there's a few high in, high intensity games that they played at Tarnish. The Kelly games at home, sorry. Oh, you, you just made me doubt myself right, there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, we'll apologise to the listeners for. For that, for that one I'm taking no blame whatsoever but even so they've got three games on the road and, and two at Tannis and yeah it's a tough run it's, it's Alan's right it's, it's a momentum thing they've built up a bit of momentum in the league you don't want to kill that stone dead we saw that and I keep harping back to Dundee because Dundee have been there before where you're at the bottom you're at the bottom you're at the bottom you're not at the bottom and it's like everybody starts you know everything's alright yeah. everything's fantastic and in two weeks later you're back at the you're bottom you're back again. at the bottom man <laughs> but it's, it's so tough to keep doing that so yeah they've got to keep keep get on the points bus you know and make sure that over that stop next... mentioning buses <laughs> yeah <laughs> get on any bus get on any bus <laughs> that's what George <John's laughs> did went to Perth <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The, on, on the other side though yeah. I mean it's not going to be easy but as good as St Mirren have been this season and as bad as United have been at times if United can go there and get a victory they're only four points behind them there's only four yeah. points between the two teams yeah. which, which it's a huge turnaround from where things were what, even just a couple of weeks ago yeah I mean they're only you know, they're only six points behind the top six. You know, that's that is the nature of of this division. But and a more realistic prospect is St Johnston up in ninth. You know, they're only a point uh, ahead of United. Mm. So there's real targets that can be set if United look up. And I know from speaking to people there, that is very much the the philosophy. Tony Stick got uh, Tony Stick. Goodness <laughs> me! <laughs> I, I just started speaking in shorthand there. Tony Watts received a lot of stick for you know kind of steadfastly declaring we'll not get relegated. You know, he got mocked and people saying, oh, well, that's the death knell and things. But that's indicative of, well, players might not be quite as forthright as Tony tends to be. Uh, it's indicative of a feeling in the dressing room that we should be looking up. You know, it's uh, it shouldn't be a team that's uh, looking below and thinking, mm. oh God, maybe, you know, maybe take a draw in this game and we can maybe creep away from the relegation zone. They are looking up. They'll be looking at teams like St Johnston and, and looking to catch them and then if they can you know perhaps get up to ninth you're then perhaps tentatively looking at the top six now that's all in an ideal world and nobody will get ahead of themselves but uh, as George rightly says it isn't you know teams aren't hugely uh, far apart in this league and I think what Tony said earlier in the season is perhaps an insight into the fact that United will still have those aspirations if and it is a big if they can keep this momentum going because um as Bear rightly says, you know, if it doesn't, if it goes the other way, they could quickly find themselves back in the mm. bottom of the league and then you have a, a different mental and tactical challenge but to overcome. Talking about uh, players talking to the press, though, I mean, Arnold Juma, I mean, when a player's going to learn that you don't say you're going to win the cup. I'm going to... I'm Did he? I'm going, I am going well, he to... He said we could win silver were good yes, enough or something. Uh, Always backfires. He thinks... Yes, he said He said I can win silver with Dundee United. George, we want them to say that. <laughs> yeah. We are journalists. We want them to say that. First of all, let's uh, quash... Let's, let's quash George's anti-player <laughs> saying interesting <laughs> things agenda. No, not that. It's remarkably bad for business. <laughs> yes, this week's <laughs> message is... 
please say stupid things. It makes for good copy, no. and we'll slaughter yeah, you. I'm, on the I'm quite happy about that. I'm just amazed that players still do it. Right, I'll after jump, all these years, I'll jump on what said, Tam said there. It wasn't a stupid thing to say. To be fair, Arno's here until the summer of 2024. He did not say Dundee yeah. United will or even didn't even say can win this season's Premier Sports Cup he said Dundee United are a club and a team that are capable of winning silverware in his time there which as I say that that's uh, what he said and is a perfectly you know reasonable thing to report nuance but doesn't count though exactly but, but, but people on Twitter aren't fans of nuance and <laughs> particularly in the context of it being cup week obviously people thought that was the yeah. the death knell but I, I feel like I should go to bat for, for Arno who's quite a who uh, uh, to be fair isn't the, and I'm sure you won't mind me saying isn't the most bombastic of talkers he's very humble and and, and quite a quite a nice fellow I've known for, for, a, for a long time we used to cover him at hearts so uh, the notion that he's come out and banged his chest and said we're <laughs> <laughs> going to win the Premier Sports Cup is very unlike Arnold. So, yeah. uh, but I, I'm I sure think what we're hearing here is Alan admits he should have put the words in my time at United in caps and didn't. So we're blaming you. Now. Yes, fam famously, <laughs> the, what they teach you in journalism is use redundant words and make sentences <laughs> yeah. longer. That's that's what they say. Yes. <laughs> or put brackets. Yeah. It's, after after the words in my time here. Please note Twitter users. But if I go if I go up to St Andrews today, as I will, uh, and speak to Arno, I'm sure he would say the same thing. You know, yeah, there's, there's going yeah. to be another um, minimum three cracks at cup competition. Um, four if they get relegated. Um, uh, they'll be in his time uh, at, uh, at Dundee United. So I'm sure he'll say the same thing. You know, in his time at Dundee United, there, there, there could be silverware on the horizon, but... Um, I, th I think a more reasonable target would have been let's just get back to Hamden and, and to, yeah. to take this full circle. That'll be the thing that's galling United mm. fans this season is they won't get that day out because after what has been a, a tumultuous start to this season, what a reward that would have been for them. So, uh, And especially since the last visit to Hamden and was in COVID times. for the big cup. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Now that now that uh, our teams are out, we can say that the Premier Sports Cup was always a Diddy Cup anyway. I mean, it's changing its name halfway through. How Mickey Mouse is that? So, um, would, you, would you even want to win the Via Play Trophy as it'll be known uh, by the time the final comes around? I didn't so, know that it, was happening. It happened. changes every season because it's, it's now become the pre-season cup at the group stage. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, oh, here come the European teams. <laughs> It's amazing how quickly we go off it once the teams are out, isn't it? I never wanted have, to win it anyway. I, mean, I, I always quite like the League Cup, but in, in recent years I've, I've wondered, is, is there actually room for it? Now, I quite like it because, as we've seen this week, that it's a route to hand and it, and it doesn't take a huge amount. I mean, obviously Dundee have been through the group stage, but United only played one game to get to one game away from Hamden it's, it's the, the potential is there for teams to yeah I think it's served really a purpose as well in pre-season whereby you get I much competitive it, games yeah. in pre-season I'm not so sure that they should have kept it regionalised Dundee playing standard you know I wasn't on. getting a bus there no. yeah that's I mean no. that, and there was a few longer ones than that I think you could keep it north and south for, for the for the and then you, you get effectively what you would get anyway Tom you would get Dundee, instead of going to Brecon or Farfa for a friendly, they're actually playing them in a competitive match in the League Cup, and the fans will go up and they get a boost from that as well. So, but I think it serves, it serves a purpose the way they do it. That you know the European teams do get rightly so 
yeah. you know, get get a break to, to, to get themselves into it. But as a as a fast track to Hamden, <laughs> there's no doubt about it. I think you only have to play two games, and if you win the both of them, you're, you're there, isn't it? Is that right? Yeah, two, <coughs> if you're, two one, European, games, if you're yeah. one of the European teams, I think so. Just and and if you draw Rangers or Celtic, you'll be on TV. So it's fine. It's always good to be on the telly. <laughs> I still prefer the Scottish Cup. I can't deny yeah. it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to win one competition yeah. for prestige or even reach a semi-final, then you I want don't it to know be. It's a Dundee fan, like yeah. that should be the case. Yeah. Well, it's actually Scottish Cup weekend this weekend for those who are, are no. aren't in the know. Yes, yeah, so mm. all the junior teams are involved. I think uh, Breakin are involved, aren't they? I think one of our yeah, colleagues, colleagues is yeah, doing a Breakin preview. Uh, yeah. Carnoustie, I think, have got one of the Highland League clubs. Have already beaten a Highland League club. They've beaten Rothes. So yeah. yeah, never been one to join the dots. That'll be why I read the other day. I think next week they draw. Sees League Two and League One yeah, teams in. That's it. That's it. I've never, I've never looked that far ahead. And incidentally, just as we finish off, it, it, you mentioned Brechin, top of the Highland League. Hopefully, one of the Angus clubs will be back. Yeah, they're going, they're going very well. I mean, in I think are, anybody who knows Brechin, I mean, there is a pyramid system in place, and rightly so. And Brechin have, have fallen out, and, and, and it was a. If you think back, Tom, for a team that, that was in the championship. Uh, you know, not so long yeah. ago, the, the fall has been meteoric. The way the, the way they've gone, um, but anyone who knows Brecon City as a football club, it's, it's a lovely. They're a lovely club. You know, they've been well run over the years. It's a lovely setup they've got at Brecon. I'd like to see them back in, but you've got to get back in on merit. They struggled last year, I think, in their first season in the Highland League. Uh, they struggled last year in the first season in the Highland League, but hopefully this season they can do it. Great stuff. That's all we've got time for this week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>